At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Well, tonight I, I want to, and what I'm going to continue to do for the next weeks to come is share on what we shared this past Sunday on relationships. And unless something is different, what I'm going to share is on Wednesday night after the Sunday, it's going to be relationships from the previous Sunday continued on Wednesday night. And the next Sunday, a relationship in a different area or a different realm. And then the next Wednesday, it'd be continued or some review or just reminding you of what was said. Um, so that's what I'm going to do tonight. Last Wednesday night, <clears throat> we kind of started this thing on relationships in talking about the relationship that Jesus had with the Holy Spirit. This past Sunday, we talked about the relationship that Jesus had with his parents, his earthly parents, and the relationship that he was prepared for to have with the Father, with his heavenly Father. And um, I made the comment on Sunday that if you get that relationship right, then it's going to affect every other relationship that you have in life. And if you, I'll tell you, the, the, um, the Chosen series, if you haven't, if you've not watched The Chosen, you need to watch it. It's free. You got no excuse. Just download the app and watch it. I mean, and, and, and there's all different kinds of ways to watch it now. I mean, it's not just on the app. It's, it's everywhere. But um, I would really encourage you to get it because what the chosen is showing is the relationship that Jesus had with his disciples very strong relationship that he had with his disciples. But Jesus had a strong relationship with everybody. Everybody he had a good relationship with. And remember, he came to the earth to become the son of men, to be the, the son of man, to become the perfect example for us so that we could follow in his footsteps and accomplish everything he accomplished. And I'm telling you today, and I mean this, you've heard me in the last couple of services say this. Every relationship in your life is vital because bad relationships affect your relationship with Him. And if you don't work through relationships that you have, you don't work through them. Everybody's going to work at relationships in a different way. Everybody's had bad past relationships. And what we have to get delivered of is being people that are victims in life because it will sink you. 
and it will keep you from fulfilling your purpose and your destiny on the planet. Everybody sitting in here today, everybody on planet Earth has a purpose and a plan, and that purpose and plan was orchestrated and set up before Adam and Eve. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, God was, and He had our plan. Before the foundation of the world, He had the plan for your life. And there are so many things working against your relationship with God. So many things coming after, trying to destroy that. And most of what comes at us is the different types and forms of relationships that we have. So we're going to talk about every one of them. You don't like this relationship stuff? <laughs> then just wait till July and come back. Because <clears throat> that's all we're going to talk about. Maybe past July, I don't know. Till we're done. Because we, we need this revelation. We need the understanding. And we need to see how important the relationship is. So, uh, Sunday I gave you a number of definitions of relationship. And, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch on those for a minute, but I want to give you, I want to read a verse of Scripture and then give you this definition of relationship, it's the true definition of what we're truly talking about. It's just another little added piece, and then I'm going to give you some review, talk about a few things that we talked about Sunday, and, 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 but f- more focused on a couple of issues instead of everything that we talked about. You need to go back and listen to, to these words because it's important that you get it. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 13... And the 12th verse, 12, 13, and 14, in 2 Corinthians 13, it says this. It's, it's the, the, Paul is, the Apostle Paul is ending his letter to the church at Corinth. And he said, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The word communion there in the Greek is the word kononia. And it literally means partnership. Um, I I had remembered something about it, and I went back and looked at it, that the, the definition in the Greek today. And in the definition of the Greek, this word communion means social intercourse. Social intercourse. That's a Bible definition. It means relationship. It means connection. And he said, let this relationship with the Holy Spirit, let it be with you and on you. Let it be real to you, the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit. Because when we're talking about Jesus' relationship with the Father, 
it didn't truly start until he was baptized in the River Jordan, came up out of the water, and he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And Father said, this is my beloved Son. I'm pleased. And Jesus' relationship with the Father, that's where it really began, was there. And you're in my relationship with the Father is through Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, by the person of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to know the Holy Spirit. We've got to be familiar with His voice. We've got to be familiar with the way He speaks. We, we, we have to know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus so that we can ultimately have relationship and intimacy with the Father. And it takes this communion this connection. Do you realize that when, when there's a breach in relationship, you're, you're carrying around baggage that is hindering your development of your relationship with God? I'll give you an example of that. If you're offended with somebody, if somebody's done something to you, and you've taken the offense. You think about that all the time. Ah, oh, Pastor, I don't, not, not all the time. Okay, 90%. And the 90% that you're thinking about the offense that you have towards someone else is hindering you in your relationship with God because. God wants you to be about people in a positive way. And so, we've got to get past that offense through the power and the strength of God's Word revealed to us by the Holy Spirit in our connection to the Father because Father wants to speak to you and tell you, you don't need to be worried about that. You don't need to take that offense. You don't need to allow that thing to affect your life. You don't have to do that. If you get the relationship with the Father right, through the Word of God, the living Word, Jesus Christ, revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, you'll get every other relationship correct. It takes time. It takes work. Actually, it takes a lot of work takes a lot of work. And you've got to want to do it. And when you're developing by the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, a relationship with the Father, what happens is the want to is developed to want to make relationships right. That's why you try to make relationships right and your relationship with Him is non-existent. You're, you're, you know, you're wasting time. And that's why people don't spend a lot of time on relationships, and that why, that's why relationships suffer. So in this series, and again tonight, I want to make a couple of points to you regarding Jesus' relationship with His earthly parents and Jesus' relationship and communion and koinonia with the Father. And I'm just going to 
read pieces. I'm not going to read all the verses we read Sunday, but I'm going to read pieces of it. Um, before I do that, I'll, I'll give you the definition that I gave you on Sunday. Relationship is a connection. It's an, an association. It's an involvement. Um, a connection between two persons by blood or marriage. It can be that way. It can be an emotional or other connection between two people or a group of people or different people. Um, there was a word that I mentioned on Sunday. Uh, one of the synonyms of the word relationship in, in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary is the word kinship. It's the state or fact of being kin, family. It's a family relationship, kinship. And I won't go and talk about everything I did on Sunday, but I'll just remind you. We talked about Ruth and Boaz from the book of Ruth. And Ruth represents the nature of mankind before, before God, and she's a representation of the church and where the church was serving the enemy and the ugliness of the world, and how Boaz, who is a representation of Jesus, came and delivered her, became, he became her kinsman redeemer. And what he did was redeem her back to her original position. For, for, for Boaz to represent Jesus to us, what Jesus did is he redeemed you and I back to the place that we were in in the garden before Adam and Eve sinned. We were redeemed and delivered and set back in that place. And now, on a daily basis, what he's wanting is for you to de develop a relationship with the one that sent him, our kinsman redeemer, bringing us back to that connection and relationship with God. He wants you developing it so it, it's real. Not just something we talk about. Not just something, well, you know, I go to church and I, I hear the Word. Or what. No, but what do you do with the Word? Is, is the Word real? Is it become a, a part of you? Are you developing that relationship so that you're learning how to develop relationships with other people? In my 45 years of salvation, I can think, I can go through that, those years and all of the things I brought into my, my walk with God, all the, all the baggage that I brought into, all kinds of unforgiveness, all kinds of bitterness, all kinds of anger. I was alive on planet earth for two months shy of 18 years before I got born again, and I, I had a boatload of junk and mess. And for 45 years, I've been developing this relationship with a father like I never knew I could have through my kinsman redeemer by the person of the Holy Spirit whose job is just to take what redeemer did for me and show me how real it is. And what my part is, is just do it. <laughs> Hear the word. Learn to confess the Word, learn to meditate the Word, learn to pray 
and spend time in the Word and learn to be a doer of the Word. That's how your kinsman redeemer who's redeemed you back to that relationship with God the Father like it was in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve sinned. He's redeemed you back to that place, but we can talk about that, but are we experiencing that? That's the relationship we have to develop. And that's what the story of Ruth and Boaz represent for you and I today. A great story to know and to understand and to spend time in. I just want to read the last part of what we talked about on Sunday regarding Jesus and his parents. They had gone, uh, the, the, one of the passages that we have, one of the only passages we have of Jesus' relationship with his parents is found in Luke chapter 2. But I want to start with verse 46. They had gone to Jerusalem, then they had gone back to Nazareth. Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. He's, he was 12 years old. He stayed in Jerusalem. They go to Nazareth, and they go home in Nazareth, and they realize he's not there. Three days, four days, they've been without him. They go back to Jerusalem to pick him up, to find him. And they get there, and in verse 46 it says, Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple. In other words, they found him in church. Everybody say, Jesus went to church. Mm -hmm. All the time. All the time. Why? Because he's learning about Father. So he could have relationship with Father. So he could be the perfect example of how to have a relationship with Father. You can actually do it. Everybody say, I can do this. You and I can develop a relationship with Him, and it be real because of what Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, did. Everybody say it. I can do it. You can do this. Glory to God, we can do this. And He was in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, Mary and Joseph, whoever was with him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Did you not know I should be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. I mean, this has been 30 years. They kind of forgot what the angels had said. This has been 30 years later from when, 31 years later from when the angels spoke to them about what was going to happen that was totally impossible. We're, We're seeing here, they didn't understand this statement. Be about your father's business. No, not 30 years, 12 years. What am I saying? This is 12 years, 13 years. That's what I meant. When he, when he makes this statement. Now watch. Then he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Why? Because he was the son of God? No. Because he was subjected to his parents. Yeah. Now watch this. This is... This is There's something here at 12 years old that's beginning to happen to him. He's beginning to realize who he is. Now, if if you're going to be 
the head of the church, it's kind of like a 12-year-old being king before he's going to be king. Dude, you know who I am. Man, you, you know who you're messing with. Huh? Put it down. I'm him. Well, you didn't see any of that. He stays submitted to the teacher's of the law. Notice it didn't say he took over in the synagogue. He had questions and they were amazed at the way he was answering questions at 12 years old. He was beginning to get the revelation understanding. He, he didn't know at five years old who he was, but he was coming to the age of accountability and he was realizing who he was. And yet, from 12 years old to 30, he stayed submitted to his parents. Or Church history said Joseph died probably when he was about 19. But he stayed submitted to his parents until his time. He had a really great relationship with his parents. And you know why? Because he was a submitted son. And because he was a submitted son, it prepared the way for the intimacy that he began to have with his heavenly father. And that's what I want to read about now. Just several single verses that talk about what Jesus said regarding His purpose in the earth with His Father. John 4 and 34 says this, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and finish His work. That's why I came here, to do the work of the Father. Where did Jesus learn this kind of submission? From his parents. We'll get to that later on, but I just had to focus on for a moment the relationship that Jesus had with his parents and how vital that relationship was. We'll, we'll, we'll talk one Sunday just specifically about parent-child relationship. We'll do another Sunday child-parent relationship. The revelation, I mean, it oozes out of Scripture, the revelation on both of those subjects. Chapter 5 of John and verse 19, then Jesus answered and He said to them, most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. Jesus said this. Jesus said He can't do anything on His own. But what He sees the Father do For whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. He could do nothing on His own. Who the heck are we to think we can do anything without Him? Jesus' whole creation, His whole purpose, the whole part, the whole plan of the Father. God so loved the world, He so loved you and I, that He gave the best of heaven to redeem us back to Our kinsman redeemer redeeming us back to that original state of intimacy and fellowship and connection with the Father. Say it again. I can do this. You and I can develop a relationship with the Father who we can't see normally. Father can do whatever He wants. He can manifest Himself, do whatever He wants. But the Bible says... Intimacy with the Father is through Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ the righteous is the living Word, and it's through the Word revealed by the Holy Spirit that we have relationship with Father. That's the way He set it up. Did you hear me? 
So who the heck are we to think we can live in this life and accomplish God's purpose and plan for us individually without Him? Jesus said, I can't do anything without Him. So we can see that Jesus did a lot, right? We can see He did a lot, but you know what He didn't do? He didn't do everything. He didn't heal all the sick, right? In Nazareth, He he healed a few sick people, and there were a bunch of sick in Nazareth, but just a few sick. Why? Because of their unbelief. And so he only did what Father said, so Father didn't tell him to heal all or he would have healed all. John 6 and 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 8, 28, then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. There's something important about that verse right there in that He said, when you, this is John 8, so this is early on, or earlier on, not right around the time of crucifixion, it's earlier on. And he said, when you lift me up, not if, but when you do, the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. He had relationship with these guys. He had three and a half years, a little over three years with them, trying to get them to see the importance of what He was saying. And that's why he developed a relationship, and he's telling them, you're going to remember this. You're going to remember this, that when when I'm lifted up and I'm on that cross, and and when I accomplish what I accomplish, you're going to finally get the revelation and understanding that the reason I did what I did is because of my relationship with Father. There's all kinds of things that Father wants you and I to do. But most people just play it safe. Most people in life just play it safe. Well, you know, got to prepare for a rainy day, and there aren't rainy days with God. But you got to believe that. Did you hear me? There's ne- there was never a day with Jesus, not one day with Jesus, where Father wasn't more than enough. Not just enough. He was more than enough. In every situation, you can say from top to bottom, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, it, it didn't matter what it was, he was always more than enough. Jesus was, the, the, the Father was always more than enough, and Jesus knew that, and he came here to be the example, and yet, what happens is, we live in a society where we're taught to play it safe. Isn't it funny that Hebrews 11.6 doesn't say, without playing it safe, you'll never please God. Mm -mm. It's impossible to please God without faith. And it's not, everybody's been dealt a measure of faith. You're born again, you've been dealt a measure of faith. What he's talking about is developed faith. Where you're learning by the Word of God, Holy Spirit taking the Word and revealing it to you, 
developing relationship with the Father, you learning how to step out and believe God for every single thing in your life. Everything. God wants you doing everything in life that you do by faith and trust in Him. Not because of your confidence and, and the confidence that you have in your ability or the confidence that you have in something that gives you, you think, ability to do certain things. He doesn't want that. Every single thing that you and I do, He wants us doing it by faith and trust in Him. To do that, we have to have relationship with Him. That's why we're talking about and looking at the relationship that Jesus had, number one, with His parents, set Him up to develop real, true, intimate relationship with Father who He didn't see. He didn't see. Scripture talks a lot about Jesus going to secret places, times of spending time with God. I mean, I don't, I don't know what was manifested in those times, you know. Could have been manifestation of God Himself in, in those times. But I don't, I don't think there was a lot of that because there's not a lot of that with us because He wants us to trust Him in spite of us seeing an angel. Well, if I could just see an angel... Well, if the Bible said that's what you needed, that'd be different, right? But we have to develop an inter internal relationship with God based on what we know, not what we see. Because, see, faith says, faith is the substance of the things I'm hoping for, the evidence or the conviction of things that I don't see. Because, see, if you see it, then there's no faith involved in it. So that... That revelation has to become a part of us, but it has to work into relationship with God. It's faith in God that comes from relationship where I am hearing the, you're hearing the word tonight. What are you going to do with what you're hearing tonight? That's why you'll never ever hear me preach the word or, or preach Stand behind here and preach. Never in 34 years have I ever done that and not given you a boatload of Scripture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, why? You can take Scripture and go do something with it. I have to hear the Word. I've been hearing the Word for 45 years. You have to hear it. You have to learn to develop a daily routine of confession of that. But then you have to learn how to meditate on that so that Father can speak to you through the Word. See, if you're not hearing any word, you're not confessing any word, you're not meditating on any word, then Holy Spirit doesn't have a lot to reveal. He's not going to reveal things to you out of, out of thin air. If you spend more time watching movies than you do developing a relationship with God, He's not going to reveal to you what the actors say. Holy Spirit reveals the word that you hear preached. That's why the Bible says in Romans, faith comes by hearing, and then true hearing internally comes by the Word of God. But you've got to be hearing the Word. In uh, one of the Gospels, maybe Mark 4, I think it is, he said, be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you listen and pay attention to. It says, for the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear 
will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. So what you value and what you're listening to, you, you make sure that, you know, a good movie, I love a good Western, I love a good movie at, at different times, you, you understand. But that's not where I can spend all my time, because if I spend all my time there, then the Word is going to kind of not be, have a whole lot of taste to it. You know why? Because movies gratify the flesh. Anybody ever heard the Word preached and you fall asleep? Okay, whatever. Fall asleep and wake up and do something with it, right? At least your spirit man's getting it. I play something most every night on my phone, some type of preaching, and I just, you know, usually in two minutes, I'm, I'm asleep. But I'm listening to preaching. My spirit man's getting it, right? I'm just talking about developing your life, this hunger and desire for the truth because it's the truth that will make you free of everything else and the truth is leading you to a place of intimacy and relationship with Father. That relationship is the number one relationship. Through the Word of God, through Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer, the head of the church sitting, sitting at the right hand of the Father representing you and I and actually we're sitting there with Him, right? through the person of the Holy Spirit. And when those things are revealed to us, and we see that, it, it develops a relationship that you don't have to tell anybody else about. You can encourage people in it, but you don't have to try to convince people because when you have relationship with God, it oozes out of you. It, it like literally oozes out of your pores. And what am I doing? Developing relationship. But you know what I don't want? I don't want myself to have a better relationship with John Doe than I have with my wife. And the only way that'll happen, see, it's easy because, see, I could just keep a relationship with that guy from right here. He can think I'm the greatest guy in the world and treat my wife like crap. Who's going to know? But when you have a relationship with God, yeah, I'm going to know. I can't have that. But the only way you can make sure that there's a balance in everything that you do is relationship with Father through the kinsman redeemer by the person of the Holy Spirit. And when that's happening, every other relationship you have in the world is good. And you know what people begin to see? Even somebody that's been married to you for 44, almost 44 years, they begin to see things in your life they've never seen before. Because your relationship with God gets stronger. Shouldn't they see more, they, shouldn't they see more of God manifesting? Yeah. Well, so that, that's what other people see, and that's how we reel them in. can't tell you how many people I've seen saved that I spent two minutes with three or four times a week for five years. But then one day. Yeah. So what do you do? I'm in public relations. <laughs> what does that mean? I deal with the public. 
Are you public? I'm dealing with you. A lot of times people aren't ready for that. But when it's time and you share it with them, I'm telling you, it it affects people's lives. That's why we have to be so sensitive in how we develop relationship with people and that we grow in our relationship with God and we grow in our relationship with our spouse or our people closest to us, if you're not married, people that are closest to you. You develop relationships with people like that so that you can be effective at other types of relationships like I'm talking about because you got the goods. It's real. See, you're not, you're not acting horrible to your spouse and being a certain way to other people that are closer to you. You're not being that way and then being just nice to them. That, that's a horrible feeling. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but that's a horrible feeling. I don't want to be that guy. Can you say amen to that? And so I want to end with this tonight. <clears throat> In John 17, we, we read more of this on Sunday, but I just want to read these last four verses Uh, in John 17. And Jesus talking about his relationship with Father, his communion, his kononia with Father, his connection with the Father. This is right before, this is this prayer that he prayed here in in John 17 to the Father um, was right before before everything began to happen before the process for the crucifixion began to happen. And he said in verse 20, he said, I do not pray for these alone, like his disciples, but I also pray for those who believe in me through their word in Kerrville. So Jesus was praying for you back then. I'll read it again. I do not pray for those alone, these alone, talking about his disciples, however many were around him right there, you know, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. It's been a process of duplication of the word of God from that day. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe, that the world may believe, that the world would believe. That the world would believe. Why? Because of what's oozing out of our life because of relationship. Because we're working at these relationships. I mean, everybody sitting in here right now has a relationship that's difficult. So don't be thinking, you know, I'm saying that like I have no difficult relationship. I've got it all down. No. Everybody sitting in here has a difficult relationship. And God's not wanting you from this message to go and try to fix that. God wants you to take from this message the different components in this message that help develop a relationship with Him so you can hear from him how to work on these other relationships. And certain relationships sometimes take a long time to get there because of what has to be worked out in you. That's, I can just speak for myself. All those things I brought into the kingdom, the baggage, until I dealt with me, the other relationships didn't get worked out. 
I had a real, I've shared it at different times, but I had a real hatred, actually, toward my mother because of a lot of different things and things that happened in my growing up and all that. I had this hatred toward her. I get born again, right? And now I've been told i got to forgive, but I can't. That's what I thought. I can't because you don't know what she did to me. But see, over time, what happened was I began to realize what she really didn't do to me that I had built up in my mind. I mean, you know, you could say, yeah, but this and this and that, whatever. But over time, when I began to develop a relationship with him and I realized how much he loved me, now it was time for me to take the first step and begin to treat her the way I always wanted to be treated. That ain't real popular. But that is the journey to deliverance. And when you get this relationship right, and you become one with other people because you're one with Father, Word, Holy Spirit, because you're one with them, they're three in one, you're one with them, now you can make the adjustments and you can fix the issues that need to be fixed. I'm just telling you right now, you don't take a word like this and go try to fix relationships. You spend time in it. You spend time growing in yourself and who you are. You've had those bad relationships all this time. They're okay, whatever. You know, God will show you some things along the way, and you do the steps that He gives you. Other people can help you. You can get advice from other people and all that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, the real deliverance is going to come because of your relationship with Him. Say it again. I can do this. We can do this. This is not something above our head, beyond our reach, out there where it's like we really can't accomplish. No, we can all accomplish this and get better at it every day. And I promise you, you got the rest of your life to do it, and you ain't going nowhere. Can you say amen? He said, I and them and you and me, that we may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. There, right there, we just read the answer for all the world's problems. The answer to all the world's problems is not the next president of the United States. Do what you're supposed to do. Make sure you're praying about what you're doing. Don't just take up the offense of somebody else and, and, and accuse people of things that you don't even really know if it's really true. But I mean, do, let's do what we're supposed to do in the natural, but let's do it as a result of our relationship with Him because at the end of the day, I just read to you who is the hope of the world. I just read that to you. And to say that Jesus isn't the hope of the world is foolishness. But in a manifested way in the earth, he's the head of the church, and the hope of the world is the church. He's the head of the church, and then the church is his body in the earth, and we got to act like him to get the results. Did you hear me? And that's what it takes. And when we do that, and we keep developing that, and we get stronger and better at that, not anything we can't do. 
and there's not any relationship that you have today, you may be thinking, whew, pastor didn't know about this one. I don't, but he does. <laughs> huh? He, he, he's got it covered. And we may cover it in these messages. But even if we don't directly cover it, I'm telling you, there's not a relationship out there that you can't overcome and fix. The thing about it is, you know, you're not necessarily supposed to become best buds with every bad relationship that you've had. You understand what I'm saying? There's different reasons. There's all kinds of issues and things that happen. And there are certain things that happen to people in relationships that are worse than others. And we'll get to some of that. I'm just telling you, for you to be in a position to get on the journey of being totally restored in every relationship that you have, it's understanding this relationship that Jesus had with Father so you can have the same one because that's why he went to the cross so you could have. Didn't, didn't he say, I'm going to send you another helper? He said, it'll profit you, it'll profit all of you that I leave. How could that profit us? Because he was the first helper, but he was sending a second helper that was going to be able to live inside of us and, and do all the same things that he did through Jesus, he can do through us if we have the same kind of relationship. Do you ever wonder why it took, I mean, why didn't God just have Jesus born, you know, okay, get him out of being a toddler and then let, let him rule the world? Why did it take 30 years? It wasn't, it wasn't how tall he was or how grown up he was or whatever, it was how developed he was in his relationship with Father. That had to be perfect. So he could be the perfect example that would set us free so that we could follow in his footsteps and accomplish the exact same thing. Amen. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> so I just want to make this last comment. <clears throat> in Jesus establishing this relationship on the earth with his Father, with his heavenly Father, as I said, so that we could, I just, I'm just driving this point home that he did that in life so that you and I could have amazing relationships with everybody else in life. There's so much more involved in the relationships you have with other people than what meets the eye. I'll just take my mother as an example. The relationship that I had with my mother for, the, for most of my growing up was not very good. And it shouldn't have been that way. And one of the reasons that it wasn't good is she didn't really know how to be a mother. She was physically abused as a, as a young girl a number of different times. Many things happened. I didn't know anything about that until later on in life. And so much of what we choose to do from our relationship with God, it liberates other people. I was able to sit on the porch swing in my front of my house in 2006 and lead my mother to the Lord. One of the greatest days I can remember. And the story she told me and the things she told me about her past life before that and even that day 
I just, I mean, when you have a relationship with God and the overwhelming compassion that flows out of you for other people is astonishing. You don't even know you can feel that way for other people until you find yourself in a place where you are giving your life for someone else. You're laying it down. You're choosing to not look at what that parent didn't do for you. Choosing not to be the victim, but choosing to receive from your relationship with your heavenly Father and all the things that He's given to you and help them to get set free. My mother lived in bondage most of her life because of the abuse that she experienced at eight years old. Very sad thing, and she shouldn't have lived like that. God had a plan for her life. Because of the bondage of that thing, she stayed there for many, many years. And thank God she's in heaven today. And it's a great day, and, and, and things are great with her, and I'll see her again. You understand? But we're here to help people not live that way. I don't want to live that way myself, but I don't want other people to live that way. I want people to be set free. Amen? That's why we're, that's why we're on this series on relationships, because we got a lot of work. <laughs> you know, and you know what? The work really isn't hard. You just have to be consistent at it. And when you think you're not sure if it, if it works that way or not, you, you keep going until it becomes real to you. And we have to be that for one another. Amen? To be one with one another the way that we're one with Him. You cannot be one with other people because there'll be conditions tied to it. But when you're one with Him, there's no conditions. You can love people, accept people, all those kind of things. You don't have to condone everything that people do, but you can accept them in spite of themselves. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.